You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. But today I'm going to pick up in our story of Jonah. If you heard Pastor Lance's last week's message, we learned and we talked about the discovery of Jonah and how he wasn't disobedient to God because... He wasn't sure about it. He just wanted to be disobedient. He was disobedient because he knew that God was going to forgive. Jonah was broken. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is how Jonah lived in brokenness. But before we jump into that, how many of you guys remember growing up, your mom or your dad or whoever you lived with asking you to do a tedious task that you straight up hated. For me, that was mowing the lawn. How many guys hate mowing the lawn? I'm one of those guys, I hate getting out the mower. I hate, I enjoy it when it's done, but I hate doing that action. And I was that kid that every time I'd ask, David, I need you to go and mow the yard, I really fought against it. I'm like, I don't want to mow the yard. I'm like, no, it's like, I hate that. It got a lot better when we got, you know, wireless earbuds and stuff like that. You know, you can listen to a little more things. But back then, when you couldn't really do that and you just had the Walkman and you couldn't hear it over the machine, I hated doing it. But I did it anyways. Why? Because I knew I had to. Because I knew the repercussions if I didn't. Kind of did it just because I had to. And that's a reminder that it is possible for us as Christians, it's possible for us as humans to be obedient with a disobedient spirit. I can be obedient with a disobedient spirit. My actions might say one thing, but my heart, my soul will say another thing. The thing that others will see will be one thing but the truth that God knows will be another. And I'm going to challenge each of us today that I can be obedient and I can listen to God and be joyful in it. I can be obedient. I can listen to God and be joyful in it. Sometimes that's a challenge. Sometimes we don't want to do what God's asking us to do. But how many know that if God's asking us to do something, that is the right thing to do, right? Absolutely. But right now, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask if you can open up to Jonah chapter 2. We're going to read the entire chapter, but I promise it's not long. It's only 10 verses. So when I say the whole chapter, you can actually read the entire book of Jonah in probably a 15-minute window. So picking up from where Pastor Lance left off last week in Jonah chapter 2, it said, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. I'll pause right there. I'm pretty sure this was a prayer he prayed in his head. Because if I were in the belly of a fish, I would not be opening my mouth to pray. Because <laughs> I don't know what else is in there, and I'm certainly not want to eat that. So Jonah prayed this prayer, and he said, I called to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. 
I cried out for help from deep inside Sheol. For those of you who don't know what Sheol is, it's basically the Jewish word for hell. Jonah was in a place that he considered hell. That's how low Jonah was in this moment. He said, you heard my voice, and when you threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, the current overcame me. All your breakers and your billows swept over me. And I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. The water engulfed me up to the neck. The watery depths overcame me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. You did not see that in the VeggieTales version. I swang to the foundations of the mountains. The earth's gates shut behind me forever. Then you raise my life from the pit, Lord my God. As my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Those who cherish worthless idols abandon their faithful love. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. See, Jonah didn't avoid Nineveh from fear. He avoided it because he knew that God would have mercy. Mercy on the Ninevites and not destroy them, who Jonah believed did not deserve mercy at all. And he didn't do it because he didn't like what he knew the outcome would be. Last week, Pastor Lance asked, am I Jonah? And this week, I'm echoing that same question even more. Am I Jonah? Are we Jonah? As I said, Jonah isn't a long story. And Jonah's story isn't that complicated, but Jonah's story is very, very relatable. As Pastor Jason shared earlier in worship, there's a real spirit of anger, right? And Jonah, oh boy, did Jonah struggle with anger. The concluding chapter of Jonah, chapter four, a lot of translations actually have a subtitle that's added in there called Jonah's Anger. See, I can be obedient and I can listen to God and I can be joyful in it. Jonah was like us as children when we reluctantly did what our parents were asking us, where we knew we wanted to do what we chose to do what our parents were saying, but that didn't always mean I was happy about it. Whether he was like, fine, and I stop to go to where I need to be. Maybe you have a kid that does that now. Maybe you remember doing that. And they just do it because they were told to. And they know that you had the authority to say something. That was like Jonah to God saying, fine, God, you want me to tell these Ninevites? I'll do it. He was obedient. But Jonah was certainly not happy about it. 
The adult version of that now is kind of like when your boss makes a decision that you don't like and you have to go ahead and do it. Or when you have to do downsizings and you have to make these decisions. Or when your manager or your friend or somebody, they go and do something that affects you and you choose to not say anything. Imagine, imagine, this is what Jonah's situation was, and imagine this in our lives, where we are so stuck on ourselves and my relationship with God that I don't know how to look at a person with a repentant heart and a repentant spirit and say, that person needs Jesus. That's what Jonah did. Jonah saw the Ninevites, And he said, they deserve God's wrath. I hate to say this, but we kind of do this today. We look at who somebody's voting for or who somebody supports or doesn't support and say, you asked for this, you deserve this. Am I Jonah? By saying, well, this is your fault. You deserve this. This is what happens. This is the consequence to your sin. This is the consequence to your decision. Jonah did that to the Ninevites. How dare we ever make that decision for somebody else? Because it is not for me to play judge. It is for me to share the gospel in all places. But that's what Jonah was doing. Psalms chapter 30. Verse three through five says, Lord, you brought me up from Sheol. That's hell again. You spared me from among those things going down to the pit. Sing to the Lord, you his faithful ones, and praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor a lifetime. Weeping may stay overnight, but there is joy in the morning. See, Jonah knew that. Jonah knew that God's anger lasts for only a moment. But his favor, a lifetime. He knew that that's what God was going to do and give and extend to the Ninevites. And Jonah failed in this one area where we can be obedient to God and be joyful in it. We can rejoice in being obedient to him who gave us life. But here's the reality of it. Sometimes we have to step into a place of brokenness to fully realize the goodness of God. That does not mean God placed you in that place of brokenness, though. But I guarantee that God is not going to permit you to stay in that place that God is not going to give you a way or not going to withhold a way for us to move out of that place of brokenness. But like everything else, we have to choose to follow his plan. We have to choose to follow his direction. And when we reject his direction, we're rejecting wholeness and hold on to brokenness. You want proof? Let's look at Jonah. Jonah. Jonah was a prophet, right? He's in there as one of the minor prophets. He was a prophet, a man of God. They did not give this title to anybody and everybody. Jonah was a prophet, a man of God, and he chose not to do what God asked of him. 
And he knew what God was ultimately going to do with the Ninevites. But because of his own selfishness, he determined himself that they were undeserving of God's mercy. Ever look at somebody and say they don't deserve God's mercy? They don't deserve the goodness of God. They don't deserve this love. Maybe, maybe not even directly, but subconsciously. Saying this person is so evil, they don't deserve the second chance. They don't deserve the second chance that God would give them. They've wronged me or they've wronged so many other people that there should be no chance for them. That's what was happening with Jonah. If you want to go back on the history of it, Pastor Lance did an incredible explanation of it last week of what that culture of everything looked like and how Nineveh was the center of the oppression that the people were facing back then. So certainly, Jonah's like, these guys don't deserve it. Look what they're doing to the rest of us. Maybe we do it subconsciously. I can listen to God and I can be joyful in it. Why? Because we know that God is the giver of peace, the giver of hope. And we can hold on to those promises, but we should be joyful and say, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. See, Jonah was broken, but his heart wasn't broken in all the right places. Jonah put himself into that place of brokenness because of his choices and his attitude to say they don't deserve God. They don't deserve mercy. And it's amazing how when something bad happens, we are so quick to blame others. But sometimes it's our own choices. That I'm my own self-demise. But sometimes we're also the victim to others' choices, right? Right? And we say, God, why did you do this to me? But here's the thing. God didn't do it to you, but if God stopped the other person from making their free choice, God's removing your free will. And sometimes we feel the repercussions of somebody else's sin because God chose to give us all free will. And unfortunately, sometimes the sin of one affects another. When Jonah made that decision to flee God, he risked the life of each person on that boat. Imagine being on that boat. You're on the boat, storm is brewing like you've never seen, and it's rocking, and you're afraid, and you guys know this is not an average storm. Something is happening. So they gather together, they cast their lots, and they determined that this was Jonah's fault. And Jonah, at least here, he, he realized he was caught. He's like, yes, it was me. Throw me overboard and you'll be safe. Because Jonah chose to flee from God's direction for his life, he risked the lives of others. He risked the well-being of others. It took the boat to throw him out to not only break him, but to reach the lowest point in his life. Because here's the thing. Jonah was broken before he stepped on that boat. A healthy follower of God does not look at somebody and say they don't deserve mercy. Jonah was broken before then. 
And he continued to make a choice that broke him even more. And he reached the point where his brokenness had nowhere lower to go. May we not be like Jonah, where our selfishness puts those in our boat into a bad place, where they have to make that decision for us. And may we never be the people on that boat, too. That prayer can go both ways, right? May we never be Jonah, but may we please never be those people on the boat. So let's use a car as an example. A car requires regular maintenance, right? And one of the most frequent maintenance pieces that your car needs is an oil change. Whether you do it yourself or you go to mechanic, dealer, Walmart, or you have no idea what I'm talking about, listen up. If you don't keep up with maintenance such as your oil change, eventually things will run low. Eventually things will start to break down. This is the point when brokenness causes damage. If you run out of oil in your car for a little bit, you could probably get from point A to point B a couple times. But eventually, you won't get to point B. And the cost of that damage is far greater than what it would have cost to repair it. That's what happened to Jonah. I don't know what happened to Jonah after the story concludes, but it concluded with him angry at God. He started off angry, he ended angry. And this guy gets a whole book in the Bible too. (laughs) He didn't sin in that anger though. He did at first, but even though he was upset with the decision that God asked, he still said, I'm going to do what's right. I may not be happy about it. And Jonah definitely had a heart issue there. But he still did what he had to do. But as a follower of God, we don't find ourselves in a place saying this person doesn't need Jesus or this group of people is wrong. Where we can have such hate towards a person because of a perspective or because of something that we believe to see is true about them. I can listen to God and be joyful. Let that be our takeaway from Jonah's brokenness because Jonah got himself to such a place where he recognized he needed God. But when Jonah hit that high mark again and he was no longer in the belly of the fish, his anger returned towards God. May we not be like Jonah. Because right now you might be saying, Pastor Dave, I am in the lowest valley. I am in a place of brokenness. Well, together let's find God. But my prayer for you is when you do, that when you're back to that high point, you remember that low point. Because if we only come to God here, did we ever come to God? At the conclusion of his prayer in the fish, he said, but as for me, I will sacrifice with you a voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. 
Jonah knew that he must uphold what he said he would do as a follower of God and as a prophet. Jonah's sin was literally rocking the boat and he had to get to a point where there was nothing left to lose. There's a great quote from Anne Lamott and says, you can safely assume that you've created God in your image when it turns out that God hates all the same people you do. You can safely assume you've created God in your own image when God hates the same people you do. God hates Democrats. God hates Republicans. God hates the LGBTQ community. God hates those that only do insert the blank or fill that blank in. When I place such hate on somebody else and I justify it by the word of God, I am missing the point. And that's what Jonah was trying to do when he came to a place of realization that he can't do that. And even though he was frustrated with it, he still was obedient. And I believe that one day Jonah did find joy. You can't live in anger forever. I believe that Jonah did find joy because Jonah did find himself in a place of brokenness. Jonah did find himself in a place seeing what happens when he followed God. I just think we didn't get the whole story. May we not reflect Jonah in that way. But what if we as Christians decided to not only listen to God, but be joyful about it too? So it goes back to the question. Am I Jonah? as the band comes on up. We really need to stop. We really need to ask and say, am I being joyful in being obedient to God or am I doing it because this is my get out of hell free card? Am I looking at the lost? Am I looking at the people in our community? The people 10 minutes up the road? At the stores that I refuse to shop to? Or shop at? because of my judgment among the people there, am I Jonah? Am I being obedient to God with a heart full of anger? God, break my heart for what breaks yours. For those who have been in youth group with me, you know that's the prayer that I say over and over is the most dangerous prayer a Christian can pray. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. I can listen to God and be joyful in it. And when my heart enters into a place of brokenness for what God is broken for, I begin to step into something new. Jonah was arrogant and he was prideful. And the results of his actions impacted many. But no matter how bad our sin gets, God does not withhold a way out of our sin. But this does not mean there's no earthly repercussions. Because Jonah experienced mercy, right, for his sin. But his mercy came in the form of sitting in the stomach of a fish for three days. Mercy doesn't mean without pain. Mercy doesn't mean without repercussions. Mercy means not getting what we deserve. May we learn to extend mercy 
the way God did. May we learn to be obedient without having to go into the fish of a belly of, or the belly of a fish. God's mercy doesn't always look like what we expect. May we receive mercy from God when we deserve nothing. May we follow his will in all moments of our lives. And what's God's will? Well, for you, I don't know the specifics, but I know one thing that is always a part of God's will. And it's to love others and to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I guarantee you, if you ever wonder, should I be sharing Jesus with this person? The answer is always yes. The answer is always yes in accordance to the will of God because God will never say, no, don't share my love. I can be joyful. And if you're struggling with joy in that brokenness, may your prayer be, God, give me joy. Let me experience the joy that Jonah didn't. See, I can be joyful when I listen to God. So here's my final two questions for you. Church, where is your Nineveh? Who are your Ninevites? Who are the people in your lives that you know you should be sharing the message of God with that I'm not? Take a moment this afternoon on your drive home and say, God, break my heart for these people. Break my heart for this family or this community. But let me be joyful as I share you with them. Jonah was tasked with sharing God's word with the Ninevites. Who were you tasked with? See, God has called me to step into a new territory. And I was so very much miss this community. The friends, the family that I've made here, the memories. But I believe right now, church, that you were called to go and find your Nineveh too. And when God says go, we can run or we can go. I will not be angry at God for how he's moved my family to a new place, for a new start. But I will know that he is good in all things and that I know that his hand is upon me and my family and I know that that same hand is upon you and your family. I can listen and be joyful when I follow God. Who is God calling you to share that gospel with? Where is your Nineveh? Who are your Ninevites? God, I thank you for each person here this morning, each person that is listening and joining the service online or later on the podcast. 
or on demand, that you continue to allow us to be challenged by your word, that we know that we can listen to your word, but we can also be joyful in it, that we don't have to reach a place of brokenness such as Jonah, but that we can step in in a moment now and step into your joy, but that even in the midst of brokenness, that you provide a way out. Allow us to see the Nineveh that you call us to, the community that you are asking each of us to share you with, and that we can be bold enough to do what we have to do to share your word in such a new and powerful way. God, as you use Jonah to reach the Ninevites, use each one of us in this room to reach our community, our friends, our family, our neighbors, our workers, our co-workers that you allow us to receive joy in following you and being obedient to you because we know that you are good. We love you and we praise you for what you're gonna do in our lives and how you can use us to reach the Ninevehs and the Ninevites in my life. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 